0: welcome everyone to the nerd journey podcast episode number 114 we're joining you every week to talk it career progression and bring you the advice we wish we've been given earlier in our careers i'm your host nick cordy filling in for my normal co-host john white at v journeyman we are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in it operations we hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral relevant across disciplines and remain timeless if you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at NerdJourney. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Have you ever received a life-changing phone call? That's exactly what happened to Brad Christian at the conclusion of our last week's episode. So if you didn't listen to episode 113 that described Brad's early career experiences and how it taught him humility and got him to where he is today, definitely go back and give that a listen. This week we're going to talk about what his career was like after getting to VMware. One of the most interesting things about part two of this interview is that Brad gives us some really great insight from a manager's lens about how we as individual contributors can contribute to our own progression how we can help our managers promote us, how we can stay on top of our accomplishments, but also he gives us some inside baseball on what managers are really looking for during the hiring process. It was a good discussion and I, I hope you enjoy it. So let's get to part two, the interview with Brad Christian.
1: I'm sorry. I, I digressed. So back to Sean Howard calling me after I, I got the VCDX. Um, after I had accepted the position, you know, gladly, I found out, um, you know, out of Vmug. I was actually outside. And I was like, oh, wow, well, I'm going to have to drop Vmug now, man. It's not ethical. I can't keep running it if I work at VMware. And I love doing Vmug. Um, you know, I'd done it for a long time. Um, you know, it just been a blast and I had met so many cool people like, well, like you, Nick, um, you know, in the local area. Um, but it, it was definitely worth it. And it was, I felt like I had been drafted to go play for the, well, I'm not going to say the Dallas Cowboys because that would just be sad. But uh, for, definitely for a pro sports team, I, I felt like I stepped up to the big leagues finally, um, you know, after paying my dues. and it, And boy, did I learn a lot. I mean, it was, it was a fun journey, uh, especially starting out, uh, in the, in the networking and security business unit, um, doing all that with such a new product that was so different and new, um, you know, I learned a ton. I learned a ton.
2: Now, did you have the same, uh, thing that I had, which was, wow, this was my dream job and here I am on day one. I actually need to start working on a new dream.
1: Like I, <laughs> like I can't stop here, right? yeah well um so you know i had climbed that mountain and and you know so you kind of rest at the top and you pant for a while um and and catch your breath um when when i actually went to work for a manufacturer and it's not for everybody by the way if if you're listening to this and you know you're still you know in your early 20s you know working your way up working in a call center don't feel like you know you know, to get to the pinnacle of, you know, the art of being, um, you know, an IT person is going to work for a manufacturer. It's not, it's not for everybody. It, it's definitely not. Um, you, first off, you have to enjoy people. You have to enjoy interacting with people. Um, for me, the, the when I finally understood that I was good at this and that, that I like being in sales, was you go into a room, there's a bunch of strangers, Um, and you whiteboard for an hour you either get energy out of that or it takes energy away if it takes energy away you shouldn't be there you should walk out it's not always going to go great of course everybody has a bad day but there should be these days that are just that just stand out that are golden where you walked in you're hitting on all cylinders and you solved their problems and they're looking at you like Oh man, where were you six months ago? Oh, we've needed the answers that you have, and and that feeling of being able to do that is just great. Um, so if 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 you can do that, if you enjoy that part of of this game, you know, then then do it. But don't feel like you have to. Um, there's lots of other paths forward, you know, to more money. I mean, because at the end of the day, we're just taking care of our kids and our wives, right, or husbands. So, you know, th- there's a lot of different paths you can go. Um, eventually, I went into leadership, um, which I'd, I'd, if you had asked me 10 years ago if I was going to be a manager, I would have laughed. Um, right? But uh, way back in the Dallas County days, um, I had started getting leadership training. So I went through, through the civil service um, leadership training and, and started to understand that um, you can accomplish more if you have a team of people out there working on your goals for you, you you it increases the width um, of your scope and how much you can accomplish if you get a, a team together and and start you know driving them forward and building a high performance team. Um, now at the county, what what's the biggest problem they had? It was actually people who quit and stayed. Um, if you've ever been at a DMV, you'll know what I mean, right? Um, they're just there for the paycheck. You know, that they, <laughs> right that happens a lot. But um, you know, it, in in IT and and especially at this level, um, you know, the team I have now, they they are all consummate professionals and they're they're awesome. I learn from them all the time. And, you know, they help me work a much larger patch than I could work on my own. And the one thing I've learned coming into leadership here is that I'm a servant. Um and at this level of play, if you come in and think that um, you're going to be the big man <laughs> and um, be rude to people and, you know, push people around and stuff, like, I, you will not last long. I, I, I don't care what company it is. Um, nobody's going to put up with that. So I'm I'm here to serve the folks on my team to help them do their job better and get impediments out of the way. Um you know, and if you can do that and enjoy it, and still manage to hold on to your technical ability a little bit, just a little bit, um, you know, you get a lot done, and it's it's a lot of fun. And um, you know, the fact is, I'm also getting up there in years. The um, you know, I got to have a retirement plan at some point, and um, you know, going into leadership is way because I can't read and stay up till two in the morning like I used to. I'm just too tired.
2: That's too funny. How do you think um or or maybe, you know, it is or it it does or it doesn't, but the effectiveness of having gone through the V C D X process, you know, that kind of training kind of trains you to be kind of on the knife edge of the individual contributor track, right? Not on the on the leadership track. So uh, in that process, do you think that there were some crossover skills that you gained, you know, either from, you know, studying the technology, studying period, you know, making connections, you know, working with people? Any lessons learned
1: there? Um, yeah, quite a few. Um, it, so uh, back to enterprise architecture. Um, I, honestly, the, it, it, I don't think I can state it enough. Understanding how all this tech helps a business is key. Um yeah, you know, right now, what, what, I still have to learn things all the time. Uh, right now, I'm really trying to understand at a deep level how um, software as a service, um, the book, how, how it affects bookings. Um, if I understand that, I work better with my sales counterpart. Uh, it's actually really hard. It, it, so when it, you're paying for a perpetual license, right, it's it's money up front, you know, the customer pays for it, and you get three years of, of uh, you know support. Um, that's fairly easy math to do and, and to reconcile the books and make the bookkeepers happy. Well, when you're doing it um, on a monthly payment plan, right, which is what a lot of cloud services are, you know, and you're doing subscriptions, um, understanding the impact on, on everybody is, it's way more difficult. Um, it's, it's extremely more difficult than I, than I thought it would be, and I'm good at math, <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, learning, I kinda, you're still going to keep learning technical things, um, but the, the the enterprise architecture piece of it, going through that, it hammered it into my head um, that I had to uh, there had to be a, a justification for everything, um, eventually to the business. That's that's what the VCDX program really drove home. And I, you know, it intellectually, but to, but to go through that process and stand tall, you know, before that, um, you know, those people attacking your design. Um, and in all the practice that I had to go through to, you know, to be good at it and not, and not um, get too nervous. Um, you know, it really helped me understand that it all comes back to the business. Um, it also the people part of it going through the VCDX process. Um, I I couldn't have done it without all the, the people, um, you know, that attack, you know, helped with my design or attacked it, you know, found weaknesses. Um, and that was years of, of meeting people and making contacts and, and making some good friends, um, you know, all that all that stuff came into it. But ultimately, it was humility, you know, the, the humility to take um, advice to, you know, oh, maybe that decision was bad. Maybe I didn't know what I was doing. Um, once you have that humility, it, it directly translates to leadership because, you know, when you're working with a team of smart folks, um, you know, I, I don't know all the answers, but boy, my, my, my folks sure do. Um, and if they don't, you know, we got, we got people we can call. I don't know. I probably didn't answer your question. I went off track there, but.
2: no, I think, I think you did answer it. it. There's a lot to learn that goes into being an effective manager. And one of those things, at least if I say this back to you is the idea of giving up on the idea that you're going to be the best at everything. Um, just because you're the manager doesn't mean that you're the smartest at all the things that the team does. Right. In fact, that's probably a detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And then the, all of the people interactions that you had studying, learning, pushing, having people attack like, you know, your technical designs without taking that personally and being able to keep your cool and, and composure under that
1: kind of pressure probably helped as well. You put it so much better than I do. That, but that's yeah, what John that's, does. That's it. Yeah, no, that's,
2: just, that's just sales engineering, right? Here's what I heard you <laughs> say.
1: <laughs> I, my worst boss was a guy I really liked, right? Uh, there's just lots of different bosses you have. When, when you become a manager, when you become a boss, it's not like you think it is. Um, you know, when, when, when you're a high performer and, and you're doing something highly, highly technical like we do, you think that you're being watched more than you really are. Um, Managers watch where the problem spots are. The squeaky wheel gets the kick. Um, the people who are performing well and doing great don't get as much a, a, as attention as they deserve. Um, so it, an important skill to learn is managing up, managing your manager. Um, you know, when people want pay raises or promotions, you can't just leave it up to your boss to go get that for you because it's never your boss directly giving it to you, right? He's got to go above him right and justify things like that so you have to help him realize your worth uh, at least over on the sales side being able to um, draw attention to what you're doing and showing the impact you're making as part of it if you don't sell yourself nobody else will and that includes getting the next job um, so take advantage of the networks that you've built make sure people know what you're doing make sure your linkedin has every cool thing you've done um, get it out there. If you don't, if you don't cheerlead for yourself, nobody else is gonna do it. Um, that's that's another huge thing I've learned. Um, I've I, one of the struggles I have as a leader is getting some of these people to do that. Uh, they don't want to do it. It's it feels like an unnatural act. It feels they're like no 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 no. I I, I don't want to call attention to myself like that. Um, I I hear that all the time, and it's like. No, you, you, uh, in fact, I tell my guys make a folder in, in Dropbox or whatever it is you use to store your files. Call it I Love Me. And every time you get an email complimenting you, save the PDF. Save all of that everywhere you work, all that great stuff, and keep it so you can remember what you need to have on there that you actually did successfully, because uh, you're going to forget, right? So, so save that stuff and 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 keep it and use that to help your manager help you. Um, you know, and also managers have to manage up too. You know, we have directors and there's a, there's a whole chain. Um, and I've been super lucky. Just about everybody I've worked with has been awesome, um, especially VMware, because it's got a pretty unique culture. Um, just lots of nice people. Um, you know, so don't forget that piece either. Be nice.
2: One of the things that I always think about you know a performance management process and and letting your you know management chain know what it is that you're doing. That the the problems that, with that I see is always that it's more work and people don't want to do more work, right? <laughs> so documenting what it is that you've done and the impact that you've had is work that a lot of people don't understand how to do, and so you know again it's one of those things. It's like well I don't want to be bad at it so okay. I just won't start it, and then there's no chance that I'll be bad at it, which is a constant theme for us.
1: I highly recommend, if you haven't read it, go memorize it right now, uh, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Um, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at now without that methodology. If you have, if you have to wait, you know, like you've got, you're, you're, you're applying for a job, and you're trying to update your resume, it is like moving a mountain. It, it, is, it is so stressful and painful if you haven't touched your resume in two or three years to update it, to go apply for that new job, you have no idea what to put. It's it's hard. So it, follow a getting thing done system. And as part of that, when you accomplish something, update your resume, do it now, don't wait, because then it becomes just this huge stressful thing to do. And I, I think it's half the reason people don't Um, leave a role they should be leaving to go to the next better thing because it's it just seems like such a monumental task to you know write write all that down and go through the process and go through the interviews because you haven't been preparing all along so always be writing stuff down like that as you accomplish something you get new certification get on linkedin get that in there immediately Um, you know you solve a huge problem or deploy a data center or you know who knows what it is write it down when you do it and make it part of your getting things done methodology, you know, have a, you know, in the getting things done system, you know, I, I personally use Evernote. Um, and you know, have a, have a folder in there where you're saving notes about, you know, cool projects or things you've accomplished and make it part of your fr- you know, every Friday when you, when you're going through and cleaning all your stuff up for the week, um, you know, note that stuff that you accomplished that was cool take screenshots, whatever, you know, save that stuff. And then and then updating your resume isn't nearly as hard.
0: Right, you can cull through all the weekly updates you did for yourself and pick the ones that highlight the most for this next job you're after. I love it. It's yeah. just hard to get started doing it.
1: <laughs> and and if you're not planning right now for what your next job is, you're nuts. Um, you know, I'd, look, I've worked at VMware now for, um, you know, I'm in my sixth year. Uh, and I'll probably stay here. I, I I love the culture. It's it's very unique, you know. But who knows? We could get hit by an asteroid, <laughs> you know. There's just no telling what could happen in the future. Um, I, I've heard some great advice. You know, you can't rely on a company because we live in a very fast-paced, changing you know world of IT, and you can't necessarily rely on. You're not going to get a watch in 20 years, right? I mean, that's just that's that doesn't happen anymore. Um, I saw that happen with my dad. He actually worked for Kodak. Uh, 25 years straight out of the Navy.
2: Yeah, my dad worked and so, for Eastman Kodak. And he sold pool.
1: copiers; these copiers that were huge. I mean, they were the size of a car, and um, and he worked there, you know, 25 years, and he got laid off right as Kodak started to to implode, and I it devastated him. I mean, that had he loved that company, um, you know, he didn't have a plan for what happened next. Now he was fine a couple of months later, but. You know, it was hugely painful to not have a plan, uh, you know, to move to next as as that happened. So always have an exit strategy. Know what the next rung of the ladder is going to be. Don't think it needs to be manager either. Um, managers have to do things like fire people. Um, firing somebody is is an incredibly hard thing to do. Um, you know, going through that performance process and, and having to deal with that. It's not not everybody's meant... Um, to have that, so don't think that the the next step of your journey has to be manager. Um, there's lots of other different roles out there. Project manager, um, man, I, some of the smartest folks in IT I've ever known were were PMs. Um, you know, so look at other roles within within the industry, and and just never forget, it's not the companies that are gonna give you um, a safety net. It's your relationships. It's the people that you get to know over time. Like that asteroid hits VMware in Palo Alto and boom, the whole thing blows up. What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to call John White. <laughs> Help, John! <laughs> um, you know, something like that. Um, so just keep keep all that in mind and um, just keep planning and you'll get and there. And just
0: like you mentioned, documenting your work weekly, you have to keep that network warm and put work into that every so often on a cadence as especially as your network grows yeah. you have to i think john you said this before keep the network hot and don't make every interaction be you asking the person for something because you don't want to be that guy
2: that was me uh directly quoting uh i think it was manager tools or career tools um yeah you want to constantly be asking your network what it is that you can be doing for them and You know, it's like making a series of small deposits because at some point in time, you're going to have to make a withdrawal and say, hey, I need some help. And you just don't know where that's going to come from, right?
1: So and don't don't even try to keep track. Constantly be paying things forward. Um, All this stuff I did and the point where I'm at in my career came because I held up my hand at that V-Mug and and volunteered. And it was a ton of work. I worked my butt off um, to arrange venues and, and get money from from VARs and manufacturers to pay for, you know, food and, you know, (laughs) a venue and all this stuff um, and still make it interesting. That was, it was an absolute ton of work. It was the best thing I ever did for my career. And it was pure volunteerism. Um, I I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I'm at now if I had not volunteered to do that. Um, So find find ways you can directly give back. you know, make it through charity. It doesn't matter. Just get out there and, and do stuff that doesn't really benefit you directly and, and pay stuff forward. And I, I'm convinced good things will come to you.
0: Make sure you put all those things on your resume that you're doing to pay it forward, because that's something that you can use for relatable experience, right? Yeah. Absolutely.
2: This is all super great advice. I'm I'm loving every minute of this.
1: Oh, thanks. Oh, in-person training. I, that's the one, number one complaint I have about COVID. The best thing you can do as a consultant or, or as an individual contributor to company, when, when COVID's over and you finally get the chance to go to in-person training, do all of it you can. Um, it helps with the networking, but I, when I look back at times when I got like a power up, you know? in life's video game, it was, it was at a, like a, a week long training course or, you know, I flew somewhere and I did that. Listening to people talk is just always better than, uh, boy, the NSX Ninja program. I went through that in 2015. Oh, I, and that was, um, three weeks, um, not in a row, but, uh, but it was three weeks spread out. Networking finally clicked for me in my head, you know, at that point. Um, I, I knew a lot and I had done a lot, but really, really getting it was, was hearing some of the best in the world, you know, go in there and teach. So, um, you know, as soon as, you know, everybody gets inoculated, get out there and go to those training classes, get, get out behind those zoom sessions. So when, when the opportunity comes get out there,
0: I'm curious, how do you find the right type of talent for your team?
1: I'm glad you asked that. It's not easy first off. It is, it is way harder than I thought it was going to be um, as, as I got into this. I mean, I had, I had been a leader before, um, but I didn't really have control over who got hired. You know, that almost always happened through HR, some level higher than me. Um, you know, I'd, be, I'd always be the technical interviewer, you know, but the final person making the decision, you know, it, it was a long time before, I, you know, I was the one doing that. Uh, when I got to that point, wow, it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, the the number one thing I've learned is if they don't know the tech, I don't really care. We have some of the greatest training in the world. We have VMware hands on labs. Um, they can, if they understand the fundamentals behind it, or they understand, or they have experience as a customer working in this space and how, you know, it gives them the right kind of stories, um, a lot of times that's, that's more important. Um, I love that word verssilimitude that I mentioned before. It's because it's it has shades that they're telling the truth, right? Um, so in this kind of role, having having those interesting stories in your background so that you can put forward a narrative um, is almost more important than a lot of technical expertise in the type of SE role that they're going for. So so far, I've managed um, networking and security, you know um, but also HCI. Um, right? vSAN, um VCF, Nick, which you're familiar with, um, that have managed all those types of SEs. And, and almost always, as soon as you get hired into the role, you're going to go through an insane amount of training um, and you have all these labs you can follow. And, and I'm sure it's the same at Google, John, uh, or anywhere else. There, there is awesome, awesome training courses and all the stuff you can learn. There are things that can't be taught. Um, you know, people skills, um, getting along with others, you know, being at one of the best um, tests I've heard is: Would you want to be in somebody with somebody in a car for three hours driving somewhere to meet with a customer? I, that's that's one of the most important ones. And then, of course, um, the diversity and inclusion thing is hard as well. Um, the one thing I've learned is it's hard to find female engineers. It it can be very difficult. Um, the, the questions you need to ask and the process you go through has to be different. It's very different. Um, guys will lie <laughs> and exaggerate their skill at things or they're like, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll lie about it. I'll fake it till I make it. You know, um, the ladies, uh, you know, won't necessarily do that. They'll, they'll see, you know, those 20 bullet points, you know, that the job role has that, and that was by the way, made by HR not the hiring manager. And and they they'll see one line on there that oh I don't know how to do that oh I'm not qualified, and it's like no go for it <laughs> try try get in there and throw your hat in the ring, um you know so di- the diversity and inclusion part is is difficult there's a there's a large emphasis on it in the industry um, because it is kind of turned there is way too many dudes <laughs> first off and but the fact is you kind of got to be a nerd <laughs> to like this stuff. And, um, there's way more nerdy dudes than ladies. Um, but so, so those parts are difficult.
2: There's a cultural bias against, um, you know, women being nerds, uh, I think until very recently, like it's become a lot, uh, more acceptable, you know, that's through culture. It's, uh, it's your Big Bang theories. It's the fact that, mm. you know, um, being a nerd is where the paycheck is at right now. And yeah, and you know, there's nothing more in fashion than the paycheck, right? So uh, it, it doesn't matter. It could be sales, it could be whatever, right? If people find that socially
1: acceptable. And and and, and you get to dig sometimes for the nerd. So when I'm interviewing, um i'm actually looking for that kind of thing like what do you nerd out about if you get me started talking about science fiction and fantasy i go on for days I, I don't watch tv i hardly ever watch any video stuff i read books um you know three or four a week my kids hate it um but i'm i'm constantly reading um the whole reason i may seem to be remotely intelligent is just i've read so many so much science fiction that just stuff Kind of sticks, you know, about the science end of it. Um, but I, I think we all have nicks and crannies um, in our lives that are like that. And if you if you dig for it in the interview process to find out what people are passionate about, um, you know, it's it's a great way to get in there and, and get them to open up and and talk about and get through their nervousness and start talking about um, you know why they're a good fit for the role and why you would want to sit with them for three hours in a car.
0: I like the way you said that. You want to help the person talking to you in the interview get over their nervousness. You're not there to slap them around and make them feel bad if they're not qualified. You just want to hear about who they are as a person. And I'm assuming even if they don't get it, you want to be able to give them some positive feedback so that they can take that forward and improve. Yeah, and it, a,
1: a good manager will actually stay in touch with people that maybe, you know, they got through the the HR folks and they, they got to the interview process and maybe they were not a fit for that particular role. I've had people that I called six months later and hired, um, right? So the little things like sending a thank you note, or you know, at the very least, when you even if you don't get a job, connect on LinkedIn with that hiring manager, because just because you didn't get the role doesn't mean you know it was, that he you know, didn't like you or something like that. Um, it just may have been there was different needs um, for that position. Um, you know, at, at VMware, it's, it's, it's not like, um, maybe out in the public sector or something like that, where maybe you interview with a couple of technical folks. And then, um, you know, you talk to the hiring manager and he'll go, Oh, you're hired. And he stunts out a cigar. Um, you know, that's, that's not what we do at, at VMware, you know, we go through, we have panels. Um, so we have panel interviews and I, I think most companies are moving to that. Where, sure, you'll meet, you'll talk with the hiring, first HR, you the hiring person, um, and then you'll talk to the manager, and, and the manager's really there. I'm, I'm trying to sell them on the job. I want them to, hey, here's my team. I'm looking for more people for this awesome team. Here's why you would want to have this job. And then, you know, we go through a panel process, um, you know, where we have a diverse slate of candidates and a diverse slate of interviewers, and it's not that different than a VCDX. Um, you know, maybe you don't have a designer defending, but you are going to go up there and whiteboard. Um, I feel sorry for everybody having to apply for jobs right now. It's the worst. It's much better in person. I'd much prefer that. But, um, you know, going, going through that kind of interview process where you're asked questions and you have a chance to show that you can think quick on your feet. Um, yeah, that's great. And I always, um, tell them present on something besides the technology of the job you're applying for. I I don't care. I've had... I've hired a guy because of how he described ham radio repeaters, and how they worked in the Arizona desert. Um, right? Because he took a technically difficult subject, broke it down, and I learned something. So you know, there's there's lots of different ways you can you can get a technical job. Um, bring your passions with you.
2: That's great advice. How how do you mitigate against the like? I would say my general assumption about hiring manager is that they are allergic to risk, right? So it's easier to make a safe hire, in my mind, than it is to make a risky hire. And a risky hire is like the person who doesn't have the experience, or the somebody, the person who does. Um, right. So how, how, what is the the, the mental process that you go through there?
1: So a, a lot of it is tied to the segment that you work. Um, so for those of you who Uh, You know, I've never been in sales. Um, There's not just one monolithic sales team, um, right? There's different segments. So some do large enterprises. Some do um, state local education. um, Some do federal. Um, All of those have unique challenges. And um, uh, I happen to specialize in commercial. So commercial is the mid-market. They're the little guy. Uh, to me there is if if you know apply for commercial role as your first one because you'll get somebody like me interviewing you and and maybe you are new and maybe i'm taking a chance and maybe you're a customer at this point of you know and you want to make the the jump to come over here well if if you already have all the technical skills because you've been doing them in your day job and i talk to you and and man you've got the scar tissue right you've been in the trenches and and you've gotten that call at one in the morning that the data center's down and, and you've been doing this a long time. The fact is it may take a while to train you up to standards, but it takes everybody a while to get trained up to standards. As long as you've got the social skills and, the, um, and you're just a nice person, um, I'd, I'll take that chance um, over somebody perhaps who's been doing it for 20 years, has seen everything, done everything, Oh, I've worked some of the biggest deals and, you know, gosh, they're not much fun to talk to though, you know? So there are different roles out there. So, you know, don't think that um, you see one role and you apply for it and you don't get it. Um, don't, don't be dismayed by that. Um, get out there and try other segments, um, other other companies, right? There's There's lots of smaller companies where you can get your start. Don't be afraid to go work for a VAR. Um, the best thing I did was go work for a VAR for Sigma Solutions. I worked for a guy named um, Bob Sargent. I learned a ton from that guy about um, managing, about you know how this business works, about mitigating risk, right? Because at the end of the day, the real risk in all this is a, is a customer outage, right? That's the actual risk. Um, so how do you make sure that doesn't happen? Um, you know, and managing a, a group of people, you know, out on the road for four or five days at a time. You know, people drinking too much—that could be an issue. Like I had, to, I had to save a consultant who got so drunk he fell down and broke his arm at a aloft because they got those concrete floors. You know, dealing with that kind of thing—that you know—that can be tough. But but get out there and and work at all different sizes of companies. If you're if you're working for you know state and local government. Um, go work, go work as a consultant for a while. It won't kill you. Um, you know, if you can tolerate the travel, you know, a lot of it has to do with the age of children and you know, that kind of stuff. But if you're trying to get started, there's lots of ways to do it. Don't go on a website for a company and, and you know, you see the one job role in your city and, and you go for it. And they don't even call you back and you give up. That's, that I think is absolutely ridiculous. There are little, I I can never find people to hire. It's so hard to find people to hire. So from the other side of that, I have a hard time finding folks. It's not easy to find somebody uh, to come over and do that job because not enough people will apply. I think a lot of people self-select themselves out of the process because of a lack of confidence. You know, the latest person I hired, he's an expert at building um, all these VCN robo-clusters on like Mac minis and, you know, doing all this cool stuff and he's heavily involved in VMUG, you know, all that stuff. He was not directly an expert at NSX. He was an expert at, at uh, most of VMware's products, but he was not a like an NSX, um, you know, ninja or anything. Um, but, but was I willing to take a chance with him? Yes, because he, I liked him. He had that intellectual curiosity. Um, and he had every other piece. You know, customers like him. I mean, that's, that's part of it too.
2: No, I think it's a, a big part of you know, why people are listening is um, you know, getting a perspective from a hiring manager on that kind of thing is, is not you know, something that we often get to inquire about. So really oh, appreciate Oh, don't send that.
1: more than a one page on a resume. Nobody reads that crap. one
2: page only
1: trim it down trim it seriously i when 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 i have to look at dozens of them i look at the name i look at like if there's a tagline if they said what they are then if they had that little mission statement thing sometimes i'll read that then i go directly down to the work experience and i look to make sure they're not a job hopper so what are the dates and how long did they stay at each place if I see six months, six months, six months, six months, like he better have been like, you know, a contractor, you know, and be able to prove it and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, you know, nobody wants somebody who's hopping around all the time, you know, and looking at some of the companies and then all the glance down at the certifications and the college maybe, but you have to go through so many of them when you're going through the process. I, I mean, it's not like you, you spend more than a little bit of time and don't forget, um, you know, the the HR people at companies do a lot of filtering ahead of time before it even gets to the hiring manager. All you're doing is trying to get through a keyword search. So one page, keep it short and snappy. Here's what you are, here's how you stand out. Send a PDF with cool fonts. You know, Do something to make it stand out. Um, that's the kind of thing that's gonna help you more. But you know, more than anything else, if you do get on the phone, um, show enthusiasm. It's amazing how many people forget to do that. Show that you are actually enthusiastic about the job because the hiring manager is a human and he doesn't want you, he wants you to be like stoked to come work, right? Um, you know, so bring that.
0: I'm assuming, Brad, that you want people to ask you questions about the job to show that they're interested. You want them to ask you something about the environment. Not everybody seems to bring questions to those discussions.
1: That's, uh, so that's huge. So if you show that you're worried about the culture, um, that means you're a fit <laughs> in in a lot of ways. Because um, I, the, the the one thing I love about you know this company is they are just some genuinely nice people. Um, when I heard Pat Gelsinger was leaving VMware, I
0: was like, you know, whatever
1: CEO. I have no idea what he what his day to day was or what he did, but he was a genuinely nice guy. I mean, when uh, when you bump into him in person. Um, he always took the time to talk to just about anybody as a vmug leader you know he was super cool um you know so i was sad to see him go because of that just because he was a nice person and a cool guy with a cool story um yeah you know, i wish him all the luck you know in the new role um you know so so show that you're concerned about the culture ask questions about that ask questions about who your teammates are going to be um one of the hardest things for a leader right now is how do I build a high performing team when nobody ever gets to go together for like an on-site or something? I, I mean, I'm managing a team of people, most of whom have never met each other. Think about that for a minute. And I'm expecting them to, to be a cohesive team, right? Or like the A-team, right? <laughs> and you're you're trying to build, you know, that kind of camaraderie and and friendship and you fill in for each other. And um, you know, you're trying to build that. Um, everybody lives really far apart and with COVID and everything they they can't really meet you know that's hard so show that you're interested in the team and you want that you're a team player um there's a reason why a lot of especially at sales leader side they love to hear that somebody is ex-military or ex-sports don't hesitate even if it was just high school football or something um bring bring that kind of thing up
0: that's a good point brad
2: you're just a uh dropping nuggets of gold on us it's uh i think we could keep on uh pulling this out of you for for hours and hours but uh (laughs) i feel bad that we've kept you here this long um anything else i think uh i think we're probably uh wrapping up for time here but anything else that um you can think of maybe that we didn't cover that we
1: should have no i think we we hit all of it but um just don't be afraid um to dream big and um, you know what am I going to do in, in the next 20 years I, I want to retire at some point right um, I'm going to go back and teach I think I want to go back and get my PhD in history so you know I've I've got a plan for what I'm going to do you know as I as I gradually step out of this rat race right I, I will sooner or later um, you know so what am I going to do in my 60s and 70s I'd, I'd love to be that cool history professor guy maybe you had in high school. That sounds like a blast. Really, I enjoyed the teaching. Um, So that's what all this led is. I I found out that my, in that book, Mastery, that I I mentioned before by Robert Greene, it's hard to figure out what your life's task is, what your life's work is going to be. Um, And it took me a long time to figure out that for my life's work, I like to teach. It's why I'm a good SE. I, I really enjoy helping maybe somebody at a lower skill level and, and younger in their career. If, if I can help that person um, up level and, and make more money so that they can take care of their family and, and they get to the point where money doesn't matter as much that, that they're having a blast, um, you know, aim for that. Figure out what your life's task is. What is it about this IT world that you actually like? Well, for me, it's teaching. I love working with younger folks, and it's part of the reason I, I went into leadership. I like working and mentoring with people and, and helping them get there. That I won't be the same for, for any of y'all listening to this. It'll be something else, you know, but whatever that thing is, um, figure out what it is. And, and aim for what are the next steps going to be for you to get there. Find systems, um, networks to get you in place to get to where you need to go. Um and work just work on a long-term plan. Um don't be the guy who spends you know twenty-five years with ear with hearing protection on in a colo doing, you know, break fix. Nobody deserves <laughs> to be that guy. Um so find out what your life's task is you know, within this and, and don't be afraid to go for the hard stuff. Um, I didn't think I'd ever get the VCDX and I, but I went for it. You know, it wasn't, it sure wasn't easy, but it got me to where I wanted to go. Um, So just don't be afraid to to go out there and listen to podcasts like this network, go to Vmugs or other user groups. um, And, and just rely on the people around you and you'll get there. Great advice. Brad,
2: Thank you. Yeah, that is great advice. Thanks so much for your time and for joining us here on Nerd Journey.
1: Uh, Thank you, guys. Have a good one.
0: time someone levels up like this to manager, there's this mindset change that has to happen because you're no longer an individual contributor like you were before. And I liked what Brad said about having his accomplishments really be the accomplishments of the team itself and that they can accomplish more together than he could by himself. And it's not that we don't believe in accomplishing a goal as being part of a team, but I think it's different when you manage a team. I've never managed a team, but that's the that's the perspective I have from interviewing several people who are managers now. I guess I didn't realize how much men exaggerate and lie about their accomplishments. So guys, stop doing that and giving us a bad name. And whoever you are, if you're listening out there, don't think that you have to meet every requirement in a job description in order to send that application in there. Have somebody help you write it, help you highlight the things that the company is looking for so you can make it past the HR screen to Brad's point. And I also liked what he said about selling the person he's talking to in an interview about taking the job because he actually struggles to find good talent. Maybe that's a common thing among managers these days in every area. So we want to make sure that if we're on an interview that we're excited to be there, excited about working for the company. Hopefully you can say that. I know in some cases we have to take jobs to to feed our families and take care of business, but hopefully you get the chance to apply for something that you're really excited about. And don't give up. After doing this interview with Brad, I picked up the book Mastery on Audible. It's actually quite fascinating. I'm not finished with it yet, but this idea of finding your life's task is something I had not heard of. It seems similar to what we talked about with the area of destiny, but somewhat different. And it's not an easy thing to do. I don't think I've found mine yet because I just learned what the concept is. But maybe I can report back on lessons learned from from reading that book. I, I think we oftentimes learn very well in stories and hearing the stories of people in history and what they did and, and how they achieved mastery in their specific area through the various experiences is extremely interesting and helpful. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening we want to know for being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey. Farewell listeners, tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd Underscore, from my buddy John White at VJourneyman, signing off.